You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So thanks, as you can tell, I'm speaking on hunger which I thought was a little funny since we just had Thanksgiving, which is perfect. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah? What's everyone's, uh, what was everyone's favorite dish? Dressing. The dressing? Yeah. Is that stuffing? Is that the same thing? Yeah. I love the stuffing. That's my favorite part. Anybody else? Stuffing? Pumpkin pie. Uh, pumpkin pie was a specific dessert. Was it pumpkin pie? It's always pumpkin pie for Thanksgiving, I feel. No, you don't like pumpkin pie? I'm not a pie person in general. Anybody else? Favorite thing? What's the thing you went back for seconds for that you're like, I got to have more? The, oh, I didn't have devil's egg this year. What else? The turkey? You got seconds of turkey? Anybody else? Ch- we'll pray for that later. What'd you guys have over here? Sweet potatoes. And all, Who got seconds? Who went back for more? You know what else is good? The Lord is good. So why aren't we chasing after him every single day? Just like we're going for seconds for Thanksgiving, for that pumpkin pie, for the stuffing, for the turkey, the mashed potatoes. The Lord is better. Amen. So, as you can see, I said hunger. So my first topic is, what is hunger? We know the regular hunger, the physical kind. From infancy, our bodies signal us when we need to eat. Babies will cry. Our stomachs will growl. Some of us will get hangry. If you don't know what hangry is, it's a mixture of being hungry and angry, which basically means you have an attitude because you haven't had food in a while. We all get that. We've all been there. Uh, but we are able to eat at any time of the day. Some of us have four to five snacks a day. Some of us have the regular breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But we all do what we can to get rid of our hunger, amen? Because we don't like that feeling. Because nobody likes being hangry. We like having a good time. And it's so funny because as soon as you eat, like you're just dancing and you're like, all right, I got my chicken nuggets. We're good to go. It's, it's funny. It happens. Next, when you guys go eat at lunch, you're going to notice, hey, there's nothing wrong with chicken nuggets, okay? I'm in, this is not just Thanksgiving. I meant in general. You can eat anything. You said chicken for Thanksgiving. It's fine. So yeah, we do anything and everything we can to get rid of that hunger, especially when babies cry. We don't want them crying. Uh, We want them happy and satisfied. But our spiritual hunger, when we are hungry, God fills us up. When you're filled up, you're hungry for more of him. So it's actually opposite of the way it works in the physical. When you take in spiritual food, you receive supernatural hunger. So it's opposite. When you're hungry for the Lord, you actually want more and more. Yes, he will satisfy you, but it will, come in, it will have you coming back for more. We understand this concept in the physical, but oftentimes we allow ourselves to take the same path spiritually as well. We, want, we just want satisfaction. We want to satisfy our hunger. Uh, we eat when it's time to eat. Like, uh, if I'm talking in a spiritual sense, our, once, our time that we eat is one time on Sunday mornings. That's the one time that some of us are seeking the Lord. Or maybe even daily, but you have a structured time set aside in the mornings or before bed. But there's more. You can be spending time with the Lord at all times. One of the things that I like to do if I'm just around the house or just doing random things is I like to um, open up the Bible app and just let the Bible read while I'm doing things. I might not fully be listening, but my spirit is listening and my spirit is taking in all those things. So that's something else that I like to do. Matthew 4, 4 reads, um, man does not live on bread alone, 
or sorry, the scriptures, this is, I forgot I did passion for all of these, so I love passion. The scriptures say, bread alone will not easily satisfy, but true life is found in every word which is constantly goes forth from the mouth of God. Meaning that we have to be in the Bible, we have to be seeking after God's heart in order to have hunger to, and continually to have hunger. So let's go to a Bible story. Everybody knows this one, Jesus feeds the 5,000, even though it was more than 5,000. But let's read it in John chapter 6. Again, this is in the Passion Version. It reads, after Jesus went to the other side of the lake of uh, Tiberias, if I'm butchering these names, they're my version, it's fine, which is also known as Lake Galilee, and a massive crowd of people followed him from everywhere. They were attracted by his miracles and the healings they watched him perform. Jesus went up the slope of the hill and sat down with his disciples. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover, where there were many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem in the crowd. As Jesus sat down, he looked out and saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill, uh, for they wanted to be near him. So he turned to Philip and said, where will we buy enough food to feed all of these people? Now Jesus already knew what he was about to do, but he said, this is to stretch Philip's faith. I want to stop right there. This is what I love about the Lord, and I feel like sometimes we need a reminder. Um, in some situations, I do understand that a lot of us are like, yes, Lord, I trust you in this. I know we're going to get this bill paid. I know we're going to get this appliance fixed. I know we're going to get my car fixed. I have my full faith in you. But it's in times like these, especially with Philip, where the Lord knew exactly what he was going to do, but he wanted to ask him, what are you going to do? And it's, and it's not saying that sometimes we need to just throw up our hands, oh, God's got it. Or just fully rely on God. Like, the Lord wants to see you actually put in effort as well. He wants to know that you're putting your faith in him and not just giving up and saying, oh, well, this is over with. So the Lord always presents opportunities to grow our faith, to stretch our faith, just like he did with Philip. So Philip answered, well, I suppose if we give everyone only a snack, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. Now, in that time, thousands of dollars to them was about eight months worth of pay to feed 5,000 plus people. That's... A majority of a year's salary, as you all can do math with eight months out of 12. But then, uh, but just then, Andrew, Peter's brother, spoke up and said, look, here's a young person with five barley loaves and two small fish, but how far would that go with this huge crowd? Have everyone sit down, Jesus said to his disciples. So on the, uh, so on the vast, grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people sat down. Jesus took the barley and loaves, the fish, and gave thanks to God. He gave it. He was giving thanks to the Lord because he already knew what the Lord was going to do. I feel like we should also be doing that. Thanking the Lord. You might be in the middle of a storm. You might be in the middle of something that you believe you can't handle, but you need to be thanking God for that situation. One, because you know that you're going to have the victory coming out of it. And two, because you know that the Lord is always working in your life. So you always want to be thanking him. Uh, he then gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. Miraculously, the food multiplied with everyone eating as much as they wanted. When everyone was satisfied, Jesus told his disciples, now go back and gather up the pieces left over so that nothing will be wasted. The disciples filled up 12 baskets of fragments, a basket of leftovers for each disciple. Cup runneth over. It wasn't that he supplied just enough for the, over the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. And he made that stretch and had enough left over. The Lord is always going to give you more than what you ask for. 
All the people were astounded as they saw uh, what they saw with their own eyes, the incredible miracle Jesus had performed. They began to say among themselves, he really is the one, the true prophet we've been expecting. So Jesus, knowing that they were about to take him and make him their king by force, quickly left and went up to the mountainside alone. So there we see the regular hunger where Jesus fed the 5,000. And again, I just want to reiterate those little nuggets that were in there, that God is always trying to stretch us. So in situations where we feel like the Lord is testing us, we don't need to just give up and ask him, why are you doing this? Just go and do what you're going to do. The Lord wants you to put your faith, he wants to stretch your faith um, in him. And also that there was a leftover. There was more leftover, the scripture said, and there was enough to fill 12 baskets for each disciple. And then the next section, it talks about where Peter walks on water, but we don't know to talk about that. But the part after that, it says, the people went back to that same place to go and look for Jesus. Because why? They were hungry for more. Whether it's because they wanted to see more miracles, whether it's because they wanted to spend more time with him. Even at the beginning of the story, you saw that people were rushing to get, just to be near him. Because they had heard about him. But in this situation, oh, Jesus fed me and they did a miracle. I want to see this again. Or others were touched by the situation, just wanted to be around him, or they knew that he was the son of God and thought, I need to be around him as much as possible. They had hunger for the Lord already because he had fed them. The rest of John 6 explains that in three different ways, Jesus explained that he was the bread of life, and if you eat and you drink of him, you will never be hungry or thirsty again. And that's how it explains being hungry in two different ways in, in where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And again, it says in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live on bread alone, but through the word of God. We are not just physical bodies. We are a soul, a spirit. We were created in the image of God. So just like we need to feed our physical selves, we need to have breakfast, we need to have lunch, we need to have dinner, we have to have our coffee. Shouldn't we be more concerned about our spiritual selves since that lives on eternally? This body's going to stay here. I can feed it three times a day. That's fine. This body's going to stay here. But what matters is what's going to go on for eternity. So if I'm not hungering for the Lord, if I'm not constantly chasing after him, is he going to know me when I get to heaven? Is he going to say, I never knew you? Or is he going to say, well done, good and faithful servant? We have to be hungry, guys. There's so much importance in this. And it's important, once you start to, once your hunger starts to stir, th- different things will start to happen. Your, your life will start to shift, the way you worship will start to shift because you're hungry for more of God. So when you're hungry for more of God, he's not going to hold back and say, like, well, let's, let's see how much you actually want me. No, he's going to start giving you more and more and more, and your cup is going to run over. And with that, whatever is um, radiating off of you is going to reach those that are around you and attract more people to Jesus. So we have to be hungry for the Lord. So you might be asking me, how can I stir my hunger? Is that what I put? Ways to stir your hunger. Yeah. Because normally you're like, oh, I know how to feed myself. I can make myself a little grilled cheese. I can make myself a bowl of cereal. I can make myself chicken Alfredo for you chefs in the house. That's easy. And then ways to get hungry, you just don't eat, right? (laughs) That's how you get hungry. But you can't do that in the spiritual sense. You can't just, let me just not chase after the Lord so I won't be hungry. That's, that's the wrong decision to take. Because uh, if you don't get hungry, you won't be hungry at all. And you'll find yourself in a really dark place. So, ways to stir your hunger. Number one, remember how it was before. 
In Psalm 77, uh, four through six, it says, I can't get a wink of sleep until you come and comfort me. Now I'm too burdened to even pray. My mind wandered, thinking of the days gone by the years long since past. Then I remembered the worship songs I used to sing in the night seasons, and my heart began to fill again with thoughts of you, so my spirit went out once more in search of you. This is David. We know David as a man after the Lord's heart. He was a worshiper, but he, in this part of the Bible, he was he felt like he couldn't find God, like God wasn't there for him, so he was crying out to him. And he said, but I remembered the songs I used to sing. So just like you get excited when you're about to go to a friend's house, to a family member's house, to hang out with your best friend, to go to Six Flags, just how you get that excitement, like, oh man, I remember when I got on Titan, how much fun I had, or when I went over to my friend's house, we did this, this, and that, I had so much fun. The excitement that you get, that's, that's how you stir up your hunger. Remember a time how you felt. Think of a time the Lord really showed up in your life. Think of an amazing time that you had in worship and know that he will do it again because he will. I mean, we sing about it. Do it again. We know the Lord is going to show up in our lives over and over again, so we should build that excitement to know that he was. What do we have to lose? It's not like when you go to Six Flags, there's a risk of the weather being bad. There's a risk of a ride shutting down for maintenance. You might have to wait two, three hours just to ride your favorite ride. Then you're there for, you get to ride three rides and you go home. There's no risk getting excited for the Lord. He's always going to show up. He's always going to make himself known in your life. Whether he's going to come through in a situation that you've been praying about, he's going to show up and worship. A healing will come. um, A restoration will come. But the Lord will never let us down. And we have all these amazing worship services. And you guys have felt it some Sundays. It's on fire and you're sweating because you were just singing your heart out. And other days you're just like, whew, I'm glad that one was over. That was, that was rough. I'm, you know, I've been there too. But it starts with how excited we get for worship. Some of us start to get excited when we hear the welcome video start. Some of us don't get excited till the second or third or maybe even the last song. But when you start to get excited for worship, when you start to get excited for church before you get here, it shifts the entire atmosphere before we even start. It's like I'm pulling a boat, and if you have someone help you, it's going to move faster, right? So if we all show up ready to worship, that boat's going to be moving along fast. And Don't take this the wrong way. The worship team doesn't have to drag you guys along. I get it sometimes the 8.30 service is early or you're not used to being up this early. I understand that. But if you just have excitement, watch how things begin to shift. And they will shift so much faster. Another way to stir your hunger, surround yourself with people that are producing kingdom fruit. I'm all sure, I'm sure we all grew up the same where our parents didn't want us hanging out with such and such because, oh, your attitude just turns like them and I don't like when you talk back to me and I don't like when you're, um, you're just stuck in your room the whole time and you're starting to dress uh, not, uh, like your friends and I don't like that. You're not yourself, right? And that happens now. You've caught yourself. If you're hanging out with your work friends a little bit too much, you feel yourself adapting to them. So surround yourself with people that are producing kingdom fruit. The group of people that were fed went and looked for Jesus just to be around him, whether, again, like I said, out of curiosity or just because they wanted to be around him. And Jesus had many, many followers. Like the Bible says, it wasn't just his, his close 12. There was a group outside of that and a group outside of that. Jesus had a big, big following because people wanted to be around him. So surround yourself with people that you know are, are constantly in the word. Ask them questions. I'm, I'm sure if someone is actually, you know, about the Lord and love God, love people, if you start asking them questions, they're not going to get annoyed. 
So ask them questions. Ask them, hey, what do you do in this situation? Or hey, the Bible said this and I don't understand. Surround yourself with people. And don't feel like you don't belong. That was one thing for me is I felt like... Um, I felt like, especially like we used to do these things um, um, at the district, we used to go to cohorts and it was just a room full of pastors. And it was, obviously this is like my first like pastoral job. So just being in the room, I was like, wow, I don't belong here. But then I immediately realized, oh, that's the enemy trying to lie to me and tell me that I don't belong here. The Lord has been here for a purpose. Whether it's to be surrounded by all those pastors or to stretch me, probably in this sense it was for both. But surround yourself with people that you're trying to be like, trying to get closer to Jesus. Another way is reading and studying the Bible. 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 2 through 3 says, In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for the life, especially now that you have had a taste of the goodness of the Lord, Jehovah, and have experienced his kindness. It says it right here, plain and simple, guys, that we... I'm not saying you have to be a Bible scholar to understand how to read every single name and city in the Bible. It says there is milk for us. So those that feel like, I don't even know where to start, do the thing where you just crack open, close your eyes, point. You'll be surprised the Lord might shock you with a verse or two. Or just like a number of books, start in the beginning. But as you start to read the word more, start to dive in more and get to learn the heart of the, of the Lord more, you'll grow into the, the more meatier bits of understanding the Bible because the Lord will give you more and more and more. And I always want to recommend to not just read a section one time and never come back to it. I can't tell you how many times I've read a specific scripture and then three, four weeks down the road, I go and read it again and it's just a whole different revelation of it. So that's how you read and you study them. Just like we all studied in school. I'm sure we all studied somehow. We read over it over and over and over again. The word of God is alive and active, guys. It will speak to you. I don't understand how people, because um, I know there's a, there's a lot of atheists out in the world, we know that. They'll actually read the word so they can use it against us. Why, why, why are some atheists studying the Bible a whole lot harder than we are? And there have been times I've heard stories of where atheists have studied the Bible to try to use it against Christians and the Lord just turned their life around and all, become, and all of a sudden became a believer because they were studying the word. Ha ha, on the backfire on you. But... <laughs> That's what happens. And another way is worship. Plain and simple. And I'm not just talking about here on Sunday mornings. I'm talking about in your own private time. So I've been here over four years now. And I've heard all of you worship. Individually. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've heard you all worship. So I know you can. I know you guys sing in the car. I know you sing in the shower. Everybody does it. I know it. But I'm, talk and so I I'm talking about your own personal time. You need to be worshiping the Lord. When we're here, I don't step away from the mic because my voice went out or because I forgot the lyrics. It's because in those moments, you guys are leading yourselves in worship. You don't need me. There's been several times I've looked over at Grant or looked over at Zoe. I'm just like, they're just going to sing this whole song. I got to do nothing. I love that. I love that you guys are able to lead yourselves. And it's proof that you guys are able to lead yourselves at home. I'm not going to be at your house every day Sunday morning telling you, all right, church, come on, put your hands together. All right, church, come on, stand up. I mean, unless you pull up, you know, the Sunday morning services every day, you can do that. But you need to be able to get yourself into worship. You need to be able to get yourself excited for worship. Amen. For those that love to worship, that excitement you feel, like I said, that you feel when the welcome video starts, you can have that every day. That's hunger. 
When you're excited to dive deeper in the word, uh, deeper for the Lord, you want to, you want more and more and more. And he will give you, like I said, more and more and more. So there's four ways, like I said. Remember how it was before. Think of a time the Lord has come through for you. Surround yourself with people that are kingdom-minded, that are producing spiritual fruit. Read and study the word and worship. I'm not saying you have to use all those things. I'm just saying there's avenues for everybody. Just like there's different things to eat at Thanksgiving, there's different ways to stir your hunger. Some of us love reading and studying. So reading and studying is for you. Another thing that I like to do when I'm reading and studying is I like to read different translations. My favorites are uh, The Passion, Amplified, ESV, and, um, and NLT. Yes, sorry. Uh, I like to read those four. And sometimes, um, especially if you use the Bible app, they'll have like a little comment section. You can tap that, and it'll open up and give you further explanation or give you also see Psalm 119. So you can, and then it'll just have you hopping all over the Bible. But that's how you read and study the Word. That's how you get to know the heart of the Father. It's not just, if you're just eating on Sunday mornings, you guys already know, if you skip a meal, some of you are feeling weak and you're not having it. So if you're just eating on Sunday mornings, how are you on Wednesdays? On Thursdays, how are your days? If you feel like your days are just getting worse and worse as the week goes on because you're like, oh, it's because the weekend's coming. No, it's because you're not really spending time with the Lord. He'll make your days better. Start your days out with the Lord. Start with five minutes. And I'm not saying you got to wake up out of bed, brush your teeth, comb your hair, get fully dressed, and then spend time with the Lord. Come as you are, stanky breath and all. <laughs> There's times I've just literally, I, I, to make sure I don't fall back asleep, I'll just uncover myself, but I'll just lay there, put some music on, and start to have a conversation with the Lord. Sometimes I'll talk to him about my dreams. Sometimes I'll talk to him about my day, about what I'm not excited for. And other times, I'll just thank him for who he is. I thank him for his goodness. I thank him for my health. I thank him for my family. I thank him for the jobs I have, the friends that I've made. And just, and just fill yourself full lighter throughout the week. Just like you have to eat every day, guys, spiritually it is more important that we are eating and hungry for the Lord every single day. So my last point, what now? I'm not asking you to fast 40 days and give up your social media, give up all your free time to seek the Lord. I'm asking you to start with five minutes. Read the Bible for five minutes. I'm not saying read it on here where your notifications pop up. Grab your physical Bible. Put your phone on airplane mode. Put your phone in the other room. Turn it on silent because even if you hear that ding, you're like, oh. So make sure you have no distractions, and I'm asking for five minutes. It may be a worship song. You might pray for five minutes. But just start with five minutes, and then start to increase your time. The next thing you know, you'll be praying an hour and won't even realize it. Five minutes. You're so basically just starting with a snack. And then eventually, you'll start digging into scripture. You'll start digging into full stories. You'll start watching more YouTube videos and just wanting more and more. Watch your hunger change. It will. You won't just have little snacks every now and then. You're going to be wanting more and more of the Holy Spirit. When we seek out the Lord, when we spend time, it's never a bad time. There's nothing risky about spending time with the Lord. Like the scripture says, we will be satisfied. 
just like we've had food more than ever before, we have more spiritual options than ever before. We got podcasts. You can read your book. You can watch our live stream. You can watch other live streams. You can talk to your friends. You can talk to your pastors. If you've never sat at a dinner table or in the living room and just talked about Jesus with your friends, I highly recommend. Because there's some pretty cool stories that come out of it. And you realize, oh wow, God came through for me the same way. And just talking about Jesus is really nice. Jesus will satisfy you. He's not boring. The problem is we are. So we have to be diving into what the Holy Spirit has for us.